The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving. I'm the host of Loving That Sports Talk. It's a great day out here in Arizona today. Uh, I'd just like to tell all my listeners out there we're going to have some great guests on the show today. We'll be having... Calling in a young man named Eric Glover. Um, great thing we'll talk about. Um, he's a coach on um, coaching Pop Warner football, and that's what we try to stress with these kids, you know, out there. Are you there, Eric? Yes, I am, James. I'm right here. How you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good. In uh, sunny San Diego, it's about 80 degrees. <laughs> you got to rub it in, huh? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But you know what, Eric, I was doing the opening, I was trying to tell all the listeners out there, because I like to make my show like, um, kind of like um, for the kids, you know, like to help the kids, you know, to learn different things and teach them different things. And you're a Pop Warner coach, aren't you? Yes, I am. I've been coaching Pop Warner for the last 10-plus years, from the ages 5 to 6 to current uh, 12 and 13. And, and I know, man, you talk a lot about sports. And when I found out, you know, because I know you from we played college together. When I found out, I knew you coached, you know, basketball for your kid, your son, and like that. But the things that, you know, when I hear you coach Pop Warner, how do you look at, well, we're going to go into different things. One, safety for the kids. What do you do to keep them safe? Oh, well, you know, the normal headgear, proper training, make sure uh, on a nice, warm, sunny day like it is in San Diego today. Make sure they're hydrated well and wear the proper uh, attire. Now, when when they out there and like to prevent certain injuries, like you know, like ankles, you can't really prevent, but like head injuries, how do you all protect them with that? Do you teach them special tackling ways or tackling drills? Oh yeah, well most of the time, what we try to do is we try to teach the kids never tackle with your head down. You always want to have your head and neck. You want to have your head bowed where your neck is bowed to your shoulder pads, you know, and uh, never tackle with your head down. Always keep your head up. That's a good thing from Glover. And 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 just to, just to get out there for the listeners, so you can tell them, Glover, like when you when you have kids come out there, all in one place, certain positions. Everybody want to be a quarterback. Everybody want to be a running back. But certain ki- certain kids got to play certain position, and that's where you put them with like. The size of their bodies, and you know, and that's that's kind of a safety thing too for them, right? Of course, of course. Well, what the first thing as a parent, you have to be realistic about your child's ability, and that's that's part of the problem with uh, pop on a sport. Is every parent, be it mostly dads, trying to live through their parents, trying to live all their dreams through their parents? I mean, through their kids, excuse me, which is a bad thing, you know. So, of course, every 
every dad wants his son to be the quarterback or the running back or the wide receiver. But but on most teams, you need you need good quality linemen, a good quality center, you know, someone that could block for the quarterback. And if you look at the NFL now, that's a long ways away. But if you look at the NFL, hey, linemen in the NFL are making a hundred million dollars now. So playing the offensive line isn't a bad position. And that's a good point that you said that because, you know, everybody wants the glory position, the running back, the score touchdown, the receiver, the quarterback. But like you say, the offensive line, they don't get that much notoriety. I use that big word, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but, but like you say, nobody, you know, there's a position that they can, you know, make $100 million, right, Glover? Right. What what When you're talking safety, my 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 objective is this, because you don't know if kids are going to like football or not like football. So when my kids are at the younger stages of Pop Warner, what I try to do is I try to make all my kids alignment. Mm-hmm. You know, by doing it that way, be it offensive, defensive line, they come in contact every single down. And at some point, they're either going to shy away from the contact or they're going to enjoy the contact. Now, not saying the rest of their life they're going to be alignment, but at the early stages you need kids to to come in contact with contact because you want to know if they like it or they love it or they don't like it. Excuse me. And I find by playing each kid on the line as they grow, they'll they'll eventually grow into a good position being quarterback, running back, wide receiver, linebacker, defensive end, whatever it is, you know. And then as far as agility is concerned, what I do also is uh, I'll uh, take the kids. I'll take the kids and we do various agility drills. And that way you can kind of gauge if the kid is a quarterback or if the kid is a running back or if the kid is a wide receiver. You know what I'm saying? You can't, you can't run flat-footed. And every time we have a, a, a race, you come in last place and you say you want to be the running back. You know, we've had kids where they started off being linemen and by the end of the year because of their speed and agility, they became running they became running backs. So anything's possible with, with, you know, desire and hard work. You know what, and we'll come back to that, but I, I wanna jump on something that you really put something into these these parents are living through their kids. How how do you get when a when a parent come out there, Eric? Because I, when I coached um, part one, I hated the parents was all on the field and trying to make this kid you know do something that he wasn't ready to do. How do you stop the parents from getting involved? Well, initially, what we try to do is we try to screen the parents. We'll have we'll have a general parents meeting before we even get started, and you know we like to hear what the parents have to say as far as you know, where they see their kid at, you know, we'll do like, what did your kid play last year? And where do you see him this year? And how many years of experience have he had? Or how many years of experience had he had at the current position that he's trying to try out for? And so once, once you get all those little, you know, you want to say, you get your little questionnaire on, you know, like, like for instance, last year, I had a dad told me that his son been playing tight end his whole life. Well, I talked to his coach the year before. His coach told me he was a lineman. <laughs> so here it is. I'm putting this kid at tight end, and he got his hands. He couldn't. He couldn't catch it if I lobbed it to him. Right. So he's at a disadvantage 
because his dad don't think he should be playing lineman, which he's played his whole career. He should be playing tight end. And then when we tried him at tight end, he wasn't a tight end. So now that takes away from kids learning because here it is, just trying to satisfy this parent's ego because that's what it is. It's an ego. Right. But you're trying to satisfy this parent's ego by giving this kid the benefit of the doubt. And you know what? Let's I'm, hold on to that thought. We want to go back to that. But I remember I spoke to you maybe a month ago, and you called and asked me a question. Um, and I, and I kind of want you to elaborate because this was good. I think you made the right decision. Remember when you called me and um, you coached basketball, and one of the parents came to you and said he wants your kid to play. And you like, remember that story, Glove? Yes, I do. Go ahead, explain that because that's like okay. kind of what you were saying with this one parent came to you okay. about football. Okay, my, my, I have to start. My son's in sixth grade. Well, he goes to a nice middle school. Well, one of the kids, which is the top math kid in the school, his dad thought it would be all right for him to have an activity, being basketball, because the younger brother played basketball. Okay, I don't have a problem with that. But you can tell the kid had no intentions nor desire to play basketball. Right. For, for for four months or five months that we're playing, he never showed up to any practices. He would only show up to the games, which it's at a disadvantage to the kids that play every come to practice twice a week, and they're ready to play the game on Saturday. You know, they're learning to play. They're doing the drills. They're trying to get better. And it's not good for the kids to come every day to practice for him to just come on Saturday and show up and play. Well, what you're talking about is it was a championship. Our team went undefeated, and we were playing in the championship, and I hadn't heard from the kid for four weeks. So his mom emails me because somehow she heard we were in a championship game, and uh, she wanted her child to play in this championship game. So I took it up on the kids on the team first, and I asked the kids on the team, should he be able to play in the championship, seeing he hadn't practiced for four weeks, which would have been eight practices. And all the kids said no. So I said, let me, let me, you know, email my parents as well and ask my parents. The parents also said no. So I'm like, you know what? Let me get some outside people because everybody here has that whole emotional attachment. So I went to my dad, mm-hmm. who was a longtime coach. You know, I can't say the word on, on the air that he used. <laughs> and I went to a couple of other friends of mine who were coaches as well. And they said, it's not fair to those kids that's been there every day trying to get better as basketball players, you know, and, and, and doing the whole team thing. It's not fair to them for him to play in the championship when he didn't do anything to help get him there. Right. So the long, the, you know, the ending of the story is I didn't email his mom where we were playing the championship at, and we went on and we won the championship. But the sad part about it is, he received the trophy for doing nothing. Right. And and, and I, I made you brought that point up because there are kids out there working every day, coming to practice and doing, still doing great in school and still coming. And then you have that kid, like you say, there, and it's not fair for the other kids who are out there giving their heart, you know, every day, you know. Right, right, so That's right. why I want you to tell that story because, you know, you put you put in a bad spot, you know. You, you Correct. In, and, and I know how you was feeling, but when you're in that spot, is it, is it really tough? You know, to make those decisions? Yeah, you know what? You know what? You try. The, the one thing you have to remember is that this is this is Pop Warner Sports or this is youth basketball. And, and this is like a block in their wall for their future of success. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. So you don't want to you don't want to take away from that building block, but also you want kids to know that hey, the same the same thing or the same energy that you put in to school and to everything else, you need to put it into this basketball thing. You know, you're you're a straight A student, but then you take basketball lightly because it's not that serious to you. You don't take math lightly, but you take basketball lightly. So it's not fair. Don't don't put your child in something just to put him in something. You know what I'm saying? Right. If he don't have the desire to do it, you shouldn't put him in it. But, but, you know, but Eric, aren't we seeing that a lot nowadays? I mean, parents are putting the kids in, you know, let's say like me play football, you know. If I had a son, I'm going to make him try and put him in. But he don't even like it, but I'm pushing him. And that's not good because if he don't like the game, he's not going to grow up wanting to be, you know. Well, well, what you're saying is true. Never, never force your child to do something because because you want him to do it. My thing is this right here. Just because I played football and my brothers played and my dad played and my nephews played, my son has to, to ask me to play. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's just not a given that he's going to play. He has to ask me. He has to ask me that he has to show the will and the desire because he's going to have to get out there and work out and exercise, and he has to show that desire that he wants to do it. I you know, it's not, it's not, it's not a gimme. That, that he's just going to do it. He has to show me the will and the desire. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying, you know, because if you go and put him in there, then that's making like you want him to play. He might not want to play. You're absolutely right. He he may he may not want to play, which which we're finding a lot of parents. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's cool for kids to understand what it is to be a part of a team, you know, right. but you also got to, you know, it builds, it builds you know, team-building skills and, you make everlasting friendships and things like that, but also on the other the other side of that coin is, if the kid's heart's not into it, he could he could end up getting hurt. Yeah, that's right. You're right about that one, Glove, and that told me what happened. But you know what, Eric? We're gonna take a break. When I come back, I want you to talk about sportsmanship on the side of the parents and then on the kids because. Now you see these sports, all these games, are, they're going crazy. You got parents running on the field, tackling, hitting the ref, you know. Is, is, it, is it really about winning or the sportsmanship or just playing a game, having fun? So I want you to think about that. When we come back from this break, I got my guest, Eric Glover, and Sunday, San Diego. And we'll be yeah, right buddy. back. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving back host of Loving That Sports Talk. I got Eric in San Diego. He's still in San Diego, Eric. Oh, yeah, man, I just uh, picked up the uh, old lady at the airport, man. She just flew back in from, I think, Houston. Dallas. 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 All right, well, tell her I said hello, Dallas, Arizona. James said hi. She hear you, bro. Hey, Lauren. How you doing? But, you know, back to what we were saying, it it, it is so important. You know, when me and you was off the air, you know, we talked about this. Sportsmanship is killing the game of sports with these young kids. The pot warner, like you say, can you elaborate on that? How bad is with the parents now and then with the kids? Well, you know, like like for like for instance, you know, a parent a parent made a comment, you know, saying it's not the kids that are ruining the game; it's the parents. And and when someone says a, a statement like that, it's like this: you know, parents see themselves in their kids for the most part, and if. If you were a mediocre player, meaning if you played just the minimum, you want more for your for your child as a player. But also, with wanting more, you got to know your child's ability. You know, and in knowing your child's ability, you got to know what position is good for that child. Mm-hmm. Now, hey, it's only talk on the sports. They may not be a superstar today, but with hard work and dedication, come high school. Or come later in life, they can be a superstar. But everybody wants it now, but they don't want to work for it. But but you see in these parents, I mean, they own these kids, and like you know, when I coach Pop Warner, you know, I I played everybody. I don't care if we barbie lose, win the game, lose it. But the parents was yelling at me, "Why you put him in?" You know, that messed up a kid confidence. You know, and that can hurt them later in life, not just well, for sports, but for doing anything to succeed. Am I right? You're absolutely correct. Well, see, the sad part about sports is, I think we said something earlier, is it about is it about teaching the kids to play or is it about winning? And see, that as a coach, that's what you have to figure out first. Is it about winning or is it about teaching? Because if it's about teaching, eventually you'll win. But if you have guys out there coaching who don't know how to teach, then how can they teach a kid? the proper technique, you know, being a good stand 
or, or a good block or how to hold the football or how to get their hands ready for a catch or how to, you know, shift their hands if they're playing running back running the ball. So you got to have the right guys out there that's willing to teach in order for the kids to learn so that they can develop into some decent players. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot, Eric. Is at that age, is it about winning? Do you teach your kids about winning, or do you teach them just the fundamental to learn the game? Everybody want to win. Do you go out there, Do you, you know what I'm saying? Are you teaching them to win? Is winning, you know what? I what, think, what I mean is, I, is winning important? You know what? In life, winning is important, but you still got to have the basic fundamentals. And if, if you find in good programs, being good high school programs, good college programs, they always stress fundamentals. Now, you're going to have some athletes as well, but you need fundamentals. Fundamentals, in that fourth quarter when everybody's tired, mm-hmm. that's when fundamentals kick in mm-hmm. with, with, with some good conditioning also. But you've got to have those fundamentals. See, anybody can run fast, but how long can you run fast for? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can take off running fast, but that feels 100 yards. If you get to the 40 or the 50 and you don't have the win to go to 400, Somebody that can pace himself on the run and catch you from behind and run you down. So, yes, winning is important, and everybody wants to win, but is it about winning and not teaching? So which one do you do? You teach to win, or you do you just teach, or do you teach win and do you do both? Look, I try to get the best out of my players. Mm-hmm. I, want them, I want them at the end of the season to, to look back on the experience and, and know that they've learned something. That's, that's what's most important to me is learning something. I guarantee you if you learn something and you work hard, you're going to win some ball games. Mm-hmm. So for me it's fundamental because at this age right now, win is not important. They're only kids. You know, they, 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 they don't give out scholarships in Pop Warner. <laughs> you're right. But you know, but to answer my question though, then why are these parents jumping and punching the refs and punching coaches? Because them parents have never won in their life. Uh-huh. The parents aren't winning. You uh-huh. know, the parents when they played, here you go again. When the parents played, they were minimal players that never won. Right. So now, now you have parents running on the field, fighting coaches, fighting parents. You know, we just had an incident in San Diego where a coach and a parent got into an altercation over a kid playing on one team or another. <laughs> you know, right. so, so it's the parent involvement that's messing it up. Parents need to, once you give your, your child to a coach, the parents need to sit on the sideline and watch. If the mm-hmm. parent could do a better job than the coaching, than the coach, then they need to be out there coaching and let the coach that's out there sit on the sideline and enjoy his parents. Right. That's what, I, that's what I tell my parents. I said, if you know more than I do, and if you think you can do a better job than I can, let me come to practice with my cooler and my recliner and sit out there and watch you coach my son, and I can sit up there and have a margarita. <laughs> You're right, Eric. You're right. But I'm not, I'm not going to let you sit over there and yell across the fence telling your child what to do. See, I... I'll tell you to take them with you because that's interrupting practice and interrupting the development of your child as a player. Let me ask you this, Eric. Have your son played for another coach? Yes, he has. Have, you, have, you, have you watched them? Did, did you not agree with what the coach was doing? Did you say something or did you just sit back? 
Well, you know what? Actually, my son's been fortunate to play with some 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 pretty good coaches. Okay. And um, and yeah, when he when he become, I wouldn't yell when the coach was trying to tell him something. But when we got home, okay, or after practice when we were going to the car, I would say something to him. But I would never call him out on the field saying, "You bum, you don't know what you're doing. You should be doing that." Right. I never did that. I would talk to him one on one. Or I mean, if there was another kid, it didn't have to be my son. If there was another kid out there. That you know, I thought might have hurt himself. I would, I would tell him the same thing as well. I had a coach tell me he let the coach coach him on the field, but when his son come home, that's when he coach him. Is that right, there to you say? Go. You're absolutely right. Let the coach do his coaching, and then you do your correcting and coaching at home. Mm-hmm. Now, you wouldn't tell your son to undermine what the coach was saying, right? No, I wouldn't. You know, because some parents at home, they'd be like, don't do what he say, do what I say. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we, oh yeah, there's, there's a lot of that to go. Well, I had last year when I coached, I had that situation where our head coach, mm-hmm. he had never coached at our level. And uh, his son was one of our uh, players, or a couple of the coaches' sons were uh, a couple of our players, and you would ask them to do something in practice, and the answer would be, well, my dad said I should do this. Right. Or my dad, my dad told me to do it this way. Or my dad told me to do it that way. And I'm sitting up here like, well, your dad needs to be over here coaching you then. And your dad's not here. You know, so it's either you do it my way or you stand over there and watch. Right. Then, Eric, I, I, I want, uh, when you have these young kids, I, I wanted you to answer this one for me. And, you know, they're young and, they're, you know, their minds are here and there. How do you discipline a kid when he's either, you know, you know what I mean? Because when you're high school and all that, you discipline him, you don't play him. You you know what I'm saying? How do you discipline somebody, a, a kid at that age, to, to teach them? Well, you know what? You got to start You got to start at this age right here because if they plan on playing high school, you got to kind of get them ready for what's involved in front of them. So, you know, it's like this. You, you, set, you set rules and guidelines mm-hmm. from the first day. Like, hey, if you miss a practice, you got to – do these little drills right here, you know, and and it's not going to be every week you miss a practice, you know. If you miss two practices, you can't start. Right. And we may not play you till after halftime. Well, if he's your you best know, player, it, it, it doesn't matter. Okay. Remember, it's not about winning. Right. Okay. Just remember, to... it's not about. It's about teaching some discipline. I'm trying to trick you up. I'm just trying to trick you, you know, up. Hey, look here. <laughs> look here. Okay. Like, remember, always remember one thing at this age right here. Uh huh. Whoever's listening, remember, in Pop Warner, they don't give out scholarships. <laughs> it's not that serious. Remember, right. your parents are spending three and $400 to play, plus buying you cleats. That's the other problem. Parents, parents want their kids to look like they're playing on Sunday afternoon with all this <laughs> Under Armour gear and all this other name brand stuff that they're spending all this money on. None of that stuff makes you a better player. Hey, that's, that's funny you say that, Glenn, because every time I see a guy come in with a bag or all this gear on, they the most nastiest player on the you know, field or court. Man, Am I right? <laughs> man, these parents go out and buy these kids $200 cleats, <laughs> underarmor shirts, socks, wristbands, and they get out on the field, and you can always tell them they stand out amongst the rest because they are always the last one in the race. <laughs> or, or they're the cleanest one. They're the cleanest one standing on the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> what, do, what do you say to them, Eric? I say, look, it, save your money. <laughs> save your, look, it, look, it, buy them a book, save your money. 
spend that money on something that they can get some use from. Because guess what? All that under under armor gear, they're not getting too much use standing on the sideline. <laughs> no, you don't do that, Glove. I know you, Eric. I know you say it, too. That's why I'm laughing. I know how you are. Are you that mean coach or are you a nice coach, Glove? Are you the Hey man, I'm the, I'm the I'm the best coach a kid could ever have, man. Because look at when you work hard, I'm gonna reward you. Mm-hmm. If you if you get beat, we gonna laugh about it, but we are gonna work hard so you don't get beat next time. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you do something goofy, we gonna sit up and laugh. Now you might owe me some uh, some drills next week, but it's all about fun, man. At this age, right? Uh, you ain't that coach to be all up in the kids' face and all that. Nah, man. I don't I don't believe in yelling at kids, man. I believe in yelling at parents, not the kids. No, I'm just messing around. <laughs> I'm still laughing about all that gear they be buying, you know, and that is hey, so true. I mean, think about it. Think about it. If you spend three or four hundred dollars a play, and then you go out and spend another hundred and some dollars on some cleats. And here's where the parents should be upset at, and they should change the rule. I don't know about in Arizona, but kids have to play a minimum of twelve plays in San Diego, meaning. Throughout four quarters in the game, all the kid has to do is play 12 plays. Now, if by the, the end of the third quarter, if they don't have their plays, they're called minimum players. If uh-huh. they don't have their plays, then they have to start the fourth quarter. Uh-huh. So my thing is, how do you ever expect to develop a kid if he's only playing 12 plays a game or 15 plays? So that the rule should be, Kids should have to play a minimum of two quarters. Two if, if I'm spending three hundred dollars and I'm spending two hundred dollars on some cleats and a bunch of other garbage, I need to see my son on the field. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I need to have some photos so I can at least lie to his grandparents and tell them he's playing or something. Oh, <laughs> you something, glove. <laughs> You are me. But that's what we're going to do. We're going to take another break. <laughs> then when we come back, we're on the line with Eric Glover and Sandy, Sandy Ego. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. And don't go out there and buy no $200 cleats. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Have we got a high energy, all access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemont Williams with co host John Inglesby. Each week, join Lemont and John as they take callers, discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sit down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Each week, take a visit inside the locker room of your favorite sport with Dez Clark. 
Paul Fresh Clark and Lester Scudder Davis as they bring you sportsmanlike conduct. As a current player, Des Clark can bring you inside the sports world like nobody can. His co-hosts represent the fans of the sports world. With both points of view on the table, it becomes an engaging and entertaining program, to say the least. Sportsmanlike conduct can be heard Tuesdays, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Lover. I got uh, Eric Glover from San Diego on the phone. It's glad to have him. You know, he's a part one of coaching. Plus, you know, he he's doing some things. You know, right now, um, and he still had time to come out and uh, call and um, get us online. But you know, Eric, you know, I'm still laughing about that gear. But we're gonna move on with the gear. You know, <laughs> I can't wait to see the emails about the gear. You know, but uh, just just give us a little brief thing on like when. What 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 are the parents should expect from these kids at that age, and then go to the next level? Because what we're doing is we're just training them to succeed, to continue to the next level to play sports, right? Right. And then so, they, well, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was saying, you know what? As a, as a parent, one, you want their safety and security, meaning you don't want them to get hurt. So, so. A way of preventing them from getting hurt is, you know, fundamentals. I'm going to go, I keep stressing that fundamental word. You know, teaching them the, the basics, the proper way to a good stand. You know, how to keep your, keep your, keep your head up, you know, when you're making a tackle. You know, mm-hmm. block using your hands and your shoulder pads. You know, tackle use your shoulder pads. Just, just the basics, you know. You know, it's sad when kids leave Pop Warner school and the coaches have to start from day one teaching them the fundamentals they should have got from flag to you know the midget to junior band or whatever development whatever um, age group your uh, pop Warner association go up to mm-hmm. so so basically, go ahead i'm sorry Eric. no 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 you're fine i was there but but that's what i want them to, to realize out here you know it's like you say People emphasize winning. All they want to do is win, but they're not teaching them the fundamental. Just teaching them right. to win. And then when they kids get to that age, and they'll be like, "Hey, who coached you? You know what you're doing is all wrong." Then when they start losing at that other level because other kids have been trained properly, they don't want to, they don't know why they're losing now. You know, right? You're, you're absolutely right. Like I said, again and again, if you look at all your good programs out there. It's because the coaches stress fundamentals. They stress basic, basic tackling, you know, basic blocking, you know, running drills, catching drills, throwing drills. You know, it's just the basics. You know, they have to be second, you know, like second nature, like tying your shoe, like chewing a piece of bubble gum, brushing your teeth. Mm-hmm. It has to be second. You get in the stand. If you're walking up to the line and you're on the offensive line, you're going to get in that three-point. 
you know, okay, so it's, I'm playing the right tackle, the play is coming my way, you automatically know as you're walking up what direction you want to take the guy that's in front of you. Or if the guy is shaded off of you, you need to know what foot you need to step with in able to get him in a position where he can't make the play. So those are all basic. If you're playing defensive end and you're on the left side, you need to know that, you know, my first step is right foot, right arm rip, keep my left hand open where if the guy and, and, and still off the outside, mm-hmm. you know, basic. You know, and and and, and that's great because I got like I said, I got a lot of young listeners listening. They need to take that advice, Eric, out there on the field and learn that. You know. Yeah, you know, everybody. Like I said, everybody wants to run fast, but they don't know what it takes to run fast. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then it's good if, if you can run fast for one play, and then the next three or four plays you're no good. It doesn't. It doesn't benefit yourself nor the team. But if you condition yourself and you train yourself to run fast or know when to run fast, then the team will benefit more from your running ability and you'll benefit more. You, you know, Eric, that's great. I, 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 have to, I have to change this up and ask you this. What is going on with this NFL lockout thing? <laughs> greed, <laughs> man. It's a bunch of greed. How can, how can you argue over $9 billion? <laughs> what I mean, you locked out. Now you not locked out. You go, but they lock them out. What is that all about? Hey, hey, hey! You're locked out, but you're not locked out. But now you're locked out of the facility. So isn't that still considered a lockout? Yeah. You know, so the owners, the owners are whiners and babies because here it is. They're not locked out anymore, but they won't open up the facilities for the guys to use them to work out and train with. This is their product that's training, but we're not going to let them work out and train because we don't want people to think we lost to the players. <laughs> that's crazy. So we want people to still think we have the upper hand. I mean, I mean, is it just is it just stupid what they're doing? I mean, just it's just like you say, nine billion. But God, I mean, they're going to play. It's they're going to play football. Of course. I mean, it's like. It's like this. The owners, the owners, remember when you was growing up, there was that kid that when he that when he had to go home, he took his ball? Right, yeah. The one that couldn't, the, couldn't play. The one that couldn't play no more. So, yeah. Or if you didn't pick him, yeah. he took his ball. <laughs> but he was always the kid that had the ball. Right, yeah. But he wasn't the best kid, but he had the ball. Yeah. So that's kind of the owner. You know, they had the ball. The players wanted to play with it, but the owners took it and went home. <laughs> and now the players can't play with it. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's like this. Of course they're going to play, and people are going to get upset at some point with all the BS, you know. And and what they're arguing over is crazy. I mean, if, who wouldn't want to split – Nine billion dollars. Yeah, but but you know, but why do the owners feel like they should get most of it? I mean, why? Well, because well, because they're greedy owners, you know. And then they'll say, "Well, hey, our our uh, our share is high. We have to pay out more." You know, you guys are players. We owners. We got to look at our overheads. You know, we have to look at 
you know, the stadiums and the sales. And, you know, we have to look at future, you know, renovations of the stadiums. And we have to look at future development and future marketing. Well, them, them players aren't worried about future. They're worried about now. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the other side of the coin. But see, it's, it's, it's sad because the players that are worrying about now they're not worrying about the players of yesterday. They started it off for them. That's exactly. You're right. Which, which you would think they would fight for the older guys to get more in their retirement. But both parties are selfish, so all they're worrying about is themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you look at it on a large scale, look at the owners that are arguing and fighting. If you look at the owners that are arguing and fighting, they're all oil men. Jerry Jones. They're oil men. Yeah. Oil. Look at everybody else is, is, is saying is they're losing money. Name an oil a oil company that's you know posting a loss. But Eric, how you lose it? If you you've been to a football game, you go there. I mean, if you get, you get your ticket free, but if not, you're paying seventy five dollars for a ticket. You go in there, you get something to drink or something to eat. You spend almost one hundred fifty just eating. Am I right? Yeah. You you look at. It's, 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 it's priced out where you can't go with a family of four. Family of four, you're spending 500 bucks minimum. Right. Minimum. And that, that's, at a, that's at a small stadium. Yeah. At a larger stadium, the cost is more. So so where are they losing money? They're not losing money. They, they, they just want more. It's called greed. The owners want you to think they're only making 25 cents on a dollar when they're making 45 to 60 cents on the dollar. And, and, and they want you to think they're losing they want you to think they're losing. Look at, excuse me. Before the season even starts, I think the owners get a check for like fifty-five, sixty-five, seventy million dollars. That's before the season even starts. Yeah. That's the TV contract they get. Right. If you look at the salaries, or if you look at the team, the the salaries on the team, the average salary per team is only like fifty million dollars, forty-seven million. So the owners are pocketing twenty million right there. Mm-hmm. Then you got license, merchandising, concessions, all that stuff. Now a small a small market may not be turning the revenue like a large market, but they're turning a profit. And 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 the killer part, like you say, is people still gonna go to the game and they're gonna keep paying those prices for all that stuff. You know, you're absolutely right. Much as we complain, said, man, it's getting too expensive to go to the game. And they still selling out every game, aren't they, Eric? Hey, look, in, 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 in places like Green Bay or in Arizona, when there's, you know, limited limited outdoor stuff to do or limited activity, that, that's people's livelihood right there is to go to a sporting event on the weekend. You know, in San Diego, you know, sunny San Diego, you know, we have so many outlets. We can go to the mountains. We can go to the beaches. We can go to museums. We can do various activities here in San Diego. But in somewhere like Green Bay or somewhere like Tennessee or one of those places, you know, you know, things are limited. People look forward to a good old a good old Sunday afternoon football game. Well, Eric, this is my last minute, and uh, I got another call. But um, go ahead. I'm glad you came on, Eric. And um, tell all the listeners out there again where you at and what you do. I'm in sunny San Diego. It's about 82 degrees. Uh, I work for uh, a nonprofit organization 
where we give guys on parole a second chance. Adult, adult parolees a second chance. So and and the coaches, you know, different. And I coach and I coach I coach pop water football as well as uh rec league basketball for uh fifth fifth and sixth grade boys and third and fourth grade girls. Well, like I say, Eric, thanks for coming on. And next week, I'm uh, I'm gonna have a bunch of kids on this. I like you to come on, like them, and ask you some questions. So, no problem. Yeah, all right. Well, you have a good day out there in San Diego. You also, James, loving in Arizona. <laughs> all right. And uh, after our break, we got um, a caller online, Terry Jackson, and we'll be right back with James Loving and hosting Loving That Sports Talk. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports we some hard hitters we some hard hitters hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show your hosts are nfl veterans mark mcmillan and co-host byron evans it's an hour of hater free radio every week You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving. I'm back hosting Loving That Sports Talk. And I got a good friend on the line from Casper, Wyoming, Terry Jackson. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Uh, how you doing today? Good. How you doing, James? You know, I'm so glad to get you on this line. Well, I was waiting. <laughs> you kept asking me, what are we going to talk about? Oh, you know what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> you know, we only got like a few times in the last segment, but listeners out there, me and Terry, we call each other during the football season. You know, Terry, a Dallas fan, and I'm an Eagles fan. We go at it every time. So you know what I'm going to talk about. What is wrong with your Cowboys, Terry? <laughs> Well, I think we got it fixed, love. I think we got it fixed there at the end. <laughs> You've been saying that to me every game. Every th- well, we got to get it next game. What? <laughs> and you know what? And it's kind of funny, but we do talk about it. 
and me and you go back and forth for the is it the players that win the season battles the coaches? Remember how me and you went at that? Do you think it's the yeah. players or the coaches? I think it's both. I think one shakes hand with the other. I think if you've got a lackadaisical coach and you've got a, a an easygoing coach that you know doesn't expect as much, I think that's that that's that you take on that aura, and I think you start to play that way. But you know, t- if you've got a coach that thinks that you know it's okay for you to go out at all times of the night and before the game and go party or whatever and and, and let you get away with that, then that's what you're going to do. Yeah, but the coaches don't go out there and play the game. They give you the thing, but if, am I right, Terry? Absolutely. But you can't tell me that those guys don't have the talent and they don't have the know-how to get it done. And that's the coach's job. The coach's job is to put them in a position to be successful. They have to carry that out. Yeah, but the thing about that, too, is if I give you something to go with a job and take care of the task and it's the right thing and you don't go do it, am I blamed? For that, because you don't go do the task the way I I gave you the plan to do it. You you set it out. It's up to me to make it happen. Okay, so the coach give them the plan to win the game. If they make up mistakes, so you blaming the coach? Oh no, 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 absolutely not. That's not what I'm saying at all. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is is that when your coach is lackadaisical, which I think we all agree that uh-huh. he was. I think that your players take on that identity. If you've got a, a, a hard-nosed coach that expects nothing but the best from you, every play, and he's in, in, in practice, you're going to go out there and you're going to try and give it to him. I did not see that from the Dallas Cowboys last year. I saw a team that was packed full of talent who just went out there and blundered. They made silly mistakes. They, they got unsportsmanlike penalties they should have never gotten. And that's because they were too loosey-goosey. Yeah, but those grown men, Terry, you know what I'm Absolutely saying? Absolutely they are. They get grown. Absolutely they're they not are. Pop Warner kids. They're grown men. They're getting paid to do that. And I'm not saying that they were not at fault because they were. But what I'm saying is is that who are they going to blame? Are you going to blame the, the, the 48 or 50 players? Or are you going to blame that coach? You gonna blame that coach? <laughs> but that's what that's my point. You said so. Is it fair that is is it fair that they're gonna fire you because you gave the plan to your, the workers to do and they didn't do it? Right now, tell me tell me what happened the last half of the season after the playoffs were a mystery. That, that, okay? that and everybody was fighting for the job and and nobody's job was safe. What happened then? What well, they you, started playing football because what happened was those players gave up on. Wade Phillips, and then when the other coach, they started playing. Did you you not agree with that or no? I don't know that they gave up on him. Like I said, I think that his attitude uh-huh. was that of easygoing, oh, it's going to be okay, uh, this one's fine. That attitude carried over to the players. Uh-huh. I'm not blaming the whole thing on Wade Phillips. But what I'm saying is, is that one hand washes the other hand. If Wade Phillips was was a little more hard nosed or a little more hardcore with that with that club he had, with all the talent that he had, mm-hmm. I think that they would have brought that. Uh, I think they got a little starstruck and you know, the Super Bowl's gonna be in Dallas and we're gonna be there no matter what. We're gonna be there. You know, I don't think they put forth that effort in training camp. If you watched any of the preseason football games that they played, they didn't play to their potential. When, That's what scared me is that they never played to their potential. I was always waiting for them and saying, "Okay, well, when the regular season starts, 
this is what's going to happen. And then the next game, this is what's going to happen. Okay, well, we lost that one. But this next game, they're going to come together. Well, they never did come together because you practice how you play. Well, let me ask you this. When you have talent like that, like you say, so much talent, they don't know how to play together, right? And and that's probably what had happened. So is that the coach to blame or is that just you shouldn't have got that talent? Because my old saying, my dad tell me, is too many chiefs, not enough Indians, right? No, no. Everybody has a position. Uh-huh. Everybody has a position. The, you know, the, the thing that I did not necessarily like was the, the running back by committee, the three running backs. Uh, I think they should have scaled that down a little bit. Um, but other than that, everybody's got a position, you know. If, if they would have had a more experience back in there when uh, when they played New York, uh, Romo probably wouldn't have got hurt. That, yeah. that back just totally missed his assignment, period. His head was not in the game. He knew it was a pass play. Yeah. He, he watched the guy come at him. And it was like, oh, oh, too late. You know, I mean, I, I did not like to run him back by committee. I don't think Marion Barber ran to his full potential until Wade Phillips got fired and he wanted to keep his job. Um, you know, I, I think they should have. That was their weak point right there. Well, well, you got to look at it, too. Um, we got to look at their record and the Eagles. I don't know who won the, if the battle. Well, we ain't going to talk about that. We ain't going to talk about that. <laughs> We we ain't gonna talk about because I I remember you talking so much smack, but I ain't gonna bring that up. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna fret you with that. All right, Terry, I'm gonna leave that alone. But like I say, you know, you know, it's a season like you say, and, and Dallas did have the most talent and should have, on paper, been the team that went to the Super Bowl on paper. Absolutely, but Absolutely. on on paper, that don't mean you you should do it if you ain't doing it on the field, right? Nope. That's right, and I, and I think that that's what they thought. I think that's why they had such a lackadaisical season. I thought that. That, that they felt that it was going to be given to them. I felt that they felt that they could turn it on, you know, like the Lakers think that they can do at times, just turn it on and turn it off when they want to. Right. And it just didn't happen for them. Isn't that a bad thing to show the younger kids, though, Terry? Absolutely. Absolutely it is. But, you know, they're all grown men. They're all, going, they're all getting paid mm-hmm. good money. And it's not the fact that I don't believe that they work hard, because I, I know they do. But your time is to shine is on Sunday. And, and all that work and effort that you put in uh, beforehand should show on Sunday. And it didn't seem to show for the Dallas Cowboys all year long. Okay, who you got next year to win it, Terry? Well, you know my team is the Cowboys. Oh, uh, <laughs> but with this lackluster lockout we got going on, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not. I'm not putting my eggs in any basket at, at this point in time. Okay. Um, I'd like to see after game week five to see where teams are at, see who's playing ball, and I mean, who knows what's going to happen right no. now? Really, um, I'm always rooting for my Cowboys. You know that. We still got talent. We still yeah. got that same team. And uh, when my boy Des Bryant gets back, it's going to be trouble. <laughs> yeah, okay. But go ahead and tell Alyssa, you know, Terry Jackson and you and Cass, what you do and all that. Cause I live in wonderful Casper, Wyoming with all seasons, uh, sometimes three, four times a day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a detective with the police department here in Casper. Yeah, all my calls. Go I'm ahead. sorry? All my callers like to say, hey, well, well, tell them tell what they do and all like that. But, you know. Oh, okay. And, and I know you know you you in the sports you know you got 
your son, you got kids that said it. So that's why I've been trying to get you on for months now, you know. Yeah, yeah. I've I've coached uh I've coached a lot of basketball and, and a lot of football at the junior high level and uh grade school level as well. Uh and to be quite honest with you, love, I think uh our fundamentals is is, is what our coaches need to work on with these kids. And we need to make that a must because a lot of these kids are coming up and they don't have the, the basic fundamentals because uh they, they can't come out of high school and go to the NBA like they want to. Right. You know, and uh, I think our coaches need to take a little hard nose and, and start working on fundamentals with these kids every day, every practice. Well, you know what, Terry, we'll try and get you on another week, and we want to talk more about that because that is a good point that you just made. Absolutely. But you know what, before we go, tell them how my jump shot I was out there killing you with my J on the threes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think they know that by the laugh. Uh, yeah, you got a good shot. <laughs> we'll just keep it at that. <laughs> well, Terry, thanks. I hope I get you on next week. This is Terry Jackson in the Cats, Wyoming. And like I say, you know, James Loving um, hosts another one of Loving That Sports Talk. And tune in next week. Have a great show. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.